Okay, so I first of all welcome to a show of their own. This is a quick hitter number five, I believe, but none of that matters because these stars are going to the final finals, Stanley Cup finals, all the finals. I am currently recording this while driving. Um, don't worry, I have my headset in. I'm not like holding the phone or anything like that. Totally hands free. I'm being safe. But I really wanted to just record it as soon as I could. And that just happens to be right now. So let's just like have a moment of like giddiness because that's how I feel. Like I can't believe this is actually happening and that they won and that they didn't drag it out to seven games. Of course they took it to overtime, but they won. And it just it it feels like a dream. Like as soon as they tie as um uh, Kiwi Ranta t- tied the game. Like, I immediately had all the emotions of, like, pit in my stomach, wanted to puke, also wanted to, like, nervous cry and laugh all at once. And then it just felt, like, too real and, like, butterflies in your stomach, anxiety. Like, I haven't... Look, NHL playoffs are way more anxiety inducing than any other playoffs I've ever watched but I haven't truly felt that this season until last night and I think that's because I didn't believe the stars were gonna get here and I think like always when a team makes it to the finals of anything there's unless they're like the team that like the Dodgers where you just fully expect them to make it you just everyone's the underdog everyone's no one believed we could make it here and no one everyone underestimated us and blah 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 and like the stars are truly that like even I after that round robin I was like they're gonna get swept in four games by Calgary and it didn't happen and then Colorado was scary to play and Vegas was scary to play and they did it and it's still weird to like think about like it just happened last night and I still don't truly believe it like it's a shock don't get me wrong I'm thrilled that they made it it's just weird like it's very unexpected especially for a team that started 1-7-1 and which can we talk about how the NBC broadcast hasn't talked about that at all but all we heard about last year was that St. Louis was in last place in January have it like where's our narrative I want that narrative instead of no offense I'd rather the one seven and one coming back from that to make it to playoffs and then having a crappy march and a crappy round robin I want that to be their narrative more than like win it for Rick bonus no offense to Rick bonus I know I've talked a lot of shit about him but his reaction last night was perfect and but at the same time like why can't they just do it for themselves? Why does it have to be for Rick Bonus? Rick Bonus isn't sick. He's not like they love the term overcoming adversity. Like I don't get where that narrative comes in. Hold on, okay. I gotta order so, back. Also, PSA: wear your mask even if you're going through a drive-through because you know you're still making human contact and you're less than six feet away. Anyway, back to what I was talking about, and I'll try and slow down my talking because I realized I was talking way too fast, and that's because I'm just that excited um so anyway I I don't really understand why and it feels like it's mostly like NBC and NHL Network that are that's pushing the narrative of like 
team's got to win this for Rick Bonus or like and they even asked players like I saw an interview with Doby and they were like what does this mean to w- be able to win it for Rick Bonus and it's like why, why are they winning it for him like what all he did was take over for uh Jim Montgomery and like he didn't even really want to he just kind of felt obligated to like, why are they, why do they have to win it for him? Why can't they just win it for themselves? Like, if anything, they're winning it for Dobie, right? Because he's the reason they're there. Uh, I, I just don't get that narrative. I'd rather them push the, this team was 1-7-1 to start the season. And then they were like 1-7-2 right before the break or something like that. Like, I'd rather see that narrative. That's, to me, a better narrative because it's the team narrative. And... It just makes more sense. I also, because I'm me, I relate everything back to baseball and or the Rangers. And immediately, the first reaction I had last night when I was, like, freaking excited, but also, like, that nervous anxiety and then excitement wanting to cry. It was because, like, I really haven't felt had that, like, sports happiness since 2011 when the Rangers went to the World Series. Like, nothing's, like happened since then that's been that exciting for me personally as like a fan of a team um so I I, like it was weird having those emotions again because I haven't had them for like nine years because even though the Rangers have made it to the playoffs since then they haven't made it past the division series so like it's a weird feeling especially because it was so unexpected like I already said I didn't think the stars were going to make it past the first round so to make it past first round and second round and the third round to the finals is insane to me and I kind of like have the feeling that I did about the 2010 Rangers where even like let's say they go to the finals and they don't win any games if they just get swept like I won't be upset or mad about it or because it was unexpected I think if you like the 2010 Rangers and the 2011 Rangers were kind of the same team but the 2010 Rangers weren't really expected to make it to the playoffs they just kind of did and it was a great experience but then the 2011 team you're like oh they should have won it for sure and this Stars team feels like the 2010 Rangers it's a lot of like young guys but even the veterans that are on the team I think Perry and Sagan are the only two that have made it to the cup. I don't know if Perry won the cup because I don't, I didn't really follow his career until this year. So, I mean, you still have a lot of unexperienced guys making it further than they ever have. And I think that's what gives me like the 2010 Ranger vibes where like if they win, that's freaking awesome. And I would actually like sob for hours of excitement, but also if they lose, like, I'm not, not going to be mad. And again, I'm not trying to jinx them or I'm not saying I want them to lose. I am picking against them because that's been my strategy this whole time. So it's full superstition at this point. Um, but I'm just, I guess I'm like also trying to prepare myself. Like I have all the other series by just thinking they're going to lose. So that way it won't hurt when they do. Um, but like... I, they're most likely they're gonna end up playing Tampa unless Tampa just freaking crashes and burns. But like 
and I said, I know I've said this about Colorado and Vegas as well, but Tampa's scary. Like, they had a week off, and I was like, oh, they're going to be rusty, and instead they look spectacular. And so they legitimately scare me because they've been more consistent for longer than the Stars have. If you go back to, like, regular season, even though that was, like, five years ago is what it feels like. Um, But they legitimately scare me. However, if Tampa does win, it won't feel, like, as heartbreaking, I think. Like, I know for, like the team and Jamie Benn like obviously they want to win anyone who makes it to the finals wants to win and but from a fan standpoint if the stars don't win at least it feels like progress was made because I think what was it the last time they made it to the western conference finals was like 08 I think is that what the I'm pretty sure and last time they even made it to the cup was 2000. So, like, think of all that progress they made in a year that was very much not expected for them to make this much progress. So, it feels like the 2010 Rangers were like, okay, now we know what they can do, what they're capable of. So, imagine if they get a coach next year who actually appreciates Giryanov and gives him the ice time he deserves. Like, imagine where they can be. Like, next year they could be the 2011 Rangers, but win it. Like that would be amazing so that's just like what I'm thinking of this is actually fun to record while driving because my brain's not thinking about how many pauses I'm taking or like I'm just talking it's like we're talking in the car over coffee which I haven't gotten to do with any of my friends in months so that's what this feels like even though technically I'm talking to myself but I can pretend I'm talking to friends on the phone and you have the right of way, so you go. Thanks. Um, so, yeah. Okay, now let's talk about the fact that Kiwi Ranta freaking tied the game. Of course it was him. Of course. And I actually haven't looked at the ice times, the final ice times after, like, overtime. I've only looked at, like, third period. I think after the third period, he was bottom ice time I think he had the least amount of ice time or second least I can't remember um so obviously after he tied the the game but um yeah I just like my brain's still processing so apparently he can only score when like in the big moments which you know if you're gonna score at all might as well be to tie the game or win the game or win the series which is what he's been doing so I just think if the stars are ever like down by one or tied that's just when you let Kiwi Ranta play as much as he wants give him all the ice time also Kirianov scoring the game winning goal I cannot first of all it didn't even compute in my brain that he scored it until um the announcer said it, and, I, and, and then even then, it was like, wait, Kirianov, my boy, Dennis Kirianov, scored the winning goal? Like, of course he did, but also, take that, Rick Bonus. Like, that's what was going through my head, and so, it was just, I, I think Kirianov scoring it made it that much more sweeter for me personally. Not that it, like, if anyone scored it, obviously, wouldn't have been freaking amazing because it would have won the series but the fact that it was Giryanov who also had like bottom three ice time at that point uh 
let's go you know what i haven't actually seen the final ice time so let's go see what his is and we'll both be surprised together unless you've already seen it so over under does he have 15 minutes with overtime i'm gonna say under because why would he have 15 minutes even in overtime um let's see carry on off 14.53 so i was right so even in overtime he can't get 15 minutes which is ridiculous I, again, I feel bad when I'm kind of, like, bitchy about ice times when they've won. Because it's kind of like, why, well, why are you complaining? They won. But at the same time, it like, a win is a win is a win. It counts no matter if it was a good win, a bad win, a sloppy win, a perfect win. Like, it's just a win. However, when I look at these games and I'm complaining about ice time, even if they won, it's mostly because it feels like they could have won easier and not made it so hard on themselves and therefore us as fans watching it. So like, uh, Kiwi Ranta, 11.52. Kiriana, 14.53. And then, let's see, where's Hints? 12.43. So that whole line, just under 15 minutes in, what, how far did they get? They got like halfway through overtime, I think, maybe, not even that. Um, it's just like, when I see those, I'm like, but Maybe if they had more ice time, we wouldn't have had to go to overtime. We wouldn't have had to play overtime. We wouldn't have had to wait until the third period to even score. Like, I get that, yeah, you shouldn't complain because they won anyway, so what does it matter? It matters because it feels like they made it more difficult on themselves than it had to be. And it's... it could have been a tighter game, maybe. Like, that's what I start thinking about, the what-ifs. And again, sure, what-ifs don't matter. They won the series, blah, blah, blah. Vegas is out, boo-hoo. But, like, if they got more ice time, what if it had been... What Maybe the Stars could have made it 5-0 instead of 3-2 and not gone to overtime. And I had this critique back in March, too. Like, sure, they won. There was, I remember there was a game... And I was like, yeah, they won, but Jesus, it was sloppy, and it didn't even have to be like that. Like, it could have been much easier. It's just, I think it's the fact that they make it harder on themselves than it has to be, and they make it frustrating, and it doesn't have to be that way. Like, play your goal scorers. Like, it's really not that hard. Like, I've watched two years of hockey, and no offense to Rick Bonus, but I feel like I'm a better hockey coach at times than he is. Like, isn't, like, the better strategy to just play your goal scorers? play your goal scores that just seems like the most basic of logic when it comes to any sport if Joey Gallo's hitting bombs every day you put him batting third or fourth you don't put him in the bottom of the lineup you put him where he's going to get the most at bats so why aren't you doing that in hockey too I guess I'm just saying this as like maybe Rick Bonus will like listen to this and be like, hey, she knows what she's talking about. Maybe I should try that at least one game next series and see if it works out. Because then I also feel like on the flip side of that, when they finally get like 17 minutes and it was a loss, like a 2-0 loss, people like, see, then he got he got more ice time, but they still didn't win. And it's like, but you also have to be critical about when he got that most the most ice time in that 17 minutes. Because if you look, generally those higher ice times, He's getting it after the game is essentially lost. Like, after the Stars have been like, well, we're down, usually, we're down 2-0, and we're already out of this, so might as well throw the kids in. And 
so that's what it like if you really like look into the numbers like I freaking do too often and I might not even do that for the finals I might just sit back and enjoy it I might just do like final ice times rather than by period just so I can actually truly try and enjoy it rather than just harping on Rick Bonus and his coaching strategy which I know they made it to the finals under Rick Bonus and maybe he is actually a good coach but at the same time like how much of that is his coaching and how much of it is like what if the players just kind of started coaching themselves is that like a thing that could be possible because there was a while there um I think in the Colorado series where I was like I don't think they're listening to bonus I think they're kind of just doing what they want which worked out for them if that was the case I don't have any insider knowledge this is just me making assumptions based on gifts and photos and videos and broadcasts and stuff um by the way I'm parked right now so I'm not just like gabbing not paying attention to driving I'm I'm sitting here in my car but I don't even know where I was going with that but I will say and I don't know if I already I may have already said this this is what happens when I pause for coffee his reaction, I did already say this, but I'm going to say it again. His reaction last night on the bench, jumping up and down like an actual little kid, was so pure and, like, relatable that it was the one moment that I was like, oh, I like Rick Bonus. Again, it's literally nothing personal. I don't like hating, like, sports hating a person. Does that make sense? Like, you could like someone as a person. Like, I'm sure Rick Bonus is a great guy. I know he freaking loves cars, and that's cool. I would love cars, too, if I had the money to buy them. But, like, as a coach, I don't love him. I think that goes the same way. Like, you can like an athlete for their sports ability, but, like, hate their personality. But also, maybe not, because I also feel like if I don't like them genuinely as a person, then I pro- that, like, ruins how I see them as an athlete. So maybe it just goes the sports way. Like, you... Like, I'm maybe if I had a conversation with Rick Bonus about not hockey, maybe he'd be cool and chill and I wouldn't like be mad about him. But as a as a coach, as a head coach, I'm just not thrilled about him and I just would really like to see a different head coach for the Stars next season, even though yes, Rick Bonus was the head coach when they got this far. However, from what I've heard, he just kind of follows what Jim Montgomery's plan is, so I don't really know how much of it was his and how much of it was like, well, this is what Jim Montgomery would do, so I'm going to do that kind of a thing, Um, and I know, obviously, he's going to get an interview for the position next year, permanent, Jim Nail's already said that. I can't really see him taking that position because he didn't really seem like he wanted the position in the first place. He kind of just took it because he felt like he was obligated to take it, which I get. I mean, if you're uh, a coach on the bench and then the head coach is gone and the owner or GM asks you, hey, do you want to be interim? Yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, like, how do you really say no thanks? Like, I don't, I don't fault him for that, especially when, but when he took over, like, did he... Like, oops, he did not think this team was going to playoffs, or at least very far to playoffs, which none of us did. All that to say, I'm freaking ecstatic stars are in the finals. I'm going to enjoy it as much as possible. 
no matter how many wins or losses. I also think I'm getting into the mindset that they're just going to lose, so that way I can't be hurt by anything. But if they win, it'll feel even like that much better because super duper unexpected. So I'm trying I'm trying to go into it with like no expectations. Hope that Hints and Giryanov and even Katie Ranta get more ice time. Because that would just be nice if they could just get 15 minutes. I'm just like 15 minutes is literally not asking for much from goal scorers. I think if Jamie Ben goes into the series like he did this last series, freaking just beast mode. Be so much fun to watch. I am also tired of the narrative that Tyler Sagan needs to do more because, and I, I'm pretty sure I talked about this in our full length episode. You and I was so happy when NBC said the same thing last night. I think it was before overtime or before the third period. I can't quite remember. You can be productive and beneficial to your team without scoring goals. Like, yes, Sagan is his contract was based on the fact that he's goal scorer. But he's been really productive, even in the regular season, without scoring goals. Like, yeah, he hasn't scored that many, but he was leading in assists by a lot. I think even in the regular season, I remember them saying something like he's had way more hits than he's ever had in his career. And, like, yeah, they're not as flashy as, like, scoring goals, but it's not like he's just on the ice just flapping his arms and attempting to skate, like... He is doing stuff. He's not just, like, lost. And that's kind of what the NBC broadcasters, which was really annoying me, made it seem like. Like, if Sagan's just out there just skating circles, but, like, in the bad way. They're not, like, he's not, like, skating circles around the opponent. He's just, like, skating just to skate because that's what he thinks hockey is. But, like, I think, has he even had a penalty in the postseason has he had one I can't remember because there have been way too many that's another thing Jesus Christ the penalties and again it's not really all the stars it is a lot of the refs um not to be a homer but Jamie Benn's penalty last night I don't even I still don't get what the penalty was because there wasn't one um besides the point I've lost my train of thought because I started thinking about my coffee and now I haven't had a sip of it yet. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I'm just like, my brain's kind of floppy and a mess just because I'm still in shock and I'll keep saying I'm in shock until game one happens. And even then I'll probably still be in shock. I think that means, cause I think they said if Today's Tuesday. If Tampa wins tonight, I think they said the earliest the uh, next round will start is Thursday. So if they play Thursday, Saturday... Okay, so before the next full episode of the pod, there will be two games played. And actually, that would work out perfectly because then the next episode would be up to date and we'd post it right before game three. And that would just be freaking awesome. But now that I've said that, that means it's not going to start on Thursday, which is fine because more rest for the stars, but it means it'll start on Friday and then they'll play Friday, Sunday. Oh, I guess we'd still be up to date. Whatever. Ignore me. I'm just thinking out loud here. 
to myself but also recording it because that's what a podcast is I really hope the audio on this is decent because I kind of enjoyed recording this way rather than just sitting at my desk staring at the computer doing nothing and just talking so hopefully this sounds good and if it didn't I apologize but maybe at least you'll appreciate my enthusiasm and excitement uh but yeah so I guess I should just end it because now I'm just rambling because I can't think of what to say because I've already talked for 25 minutes which I did not expect that so stars are going to the freaking finals y'all it's happening it's actually freaking happening that's where I'm at it's freaking happening and I'm just in awe and yeah so that's it for this episode probably won't be another quick hitter before the full episode on Monday can't guarantee but it's looking like that so I guess I'll talk to you guys next time Laura will be here and yeah it's a great week already and it's only Tuesday man gotta love hockey bye guys